Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. Hey guys, you did not hear a word that I just said. You did not hear a stinking word that I just said. Uh, Here's, let me repeat that. You saw my mouth moving, <laughs> but didn't hear a word. Um, so, uh, so let me tell you what I just said. Is I, I said that uh, last week we came to you from my living room. <laughs> uh, and this week we've set up a living room here on the hill at Providence. Um, and, but last week I realized what we were, the massive thing that we were missing, the main thing we were missing is an amen section. And this is that amen section. We got Victor and we got Chris and we got Carrie and we got Philip. They're very social distanced. Uh, so, but it, very good. So we're, uh, we're just coming to you um, from the hill, set up a living room here. Um, just knowing, guys, listen, church looks different now. We're not trying to, uh, we're not setting up in big uh, halls and arenas preaching to empty seats. We're, we're coming to you in living rooms. That's what the church looks like right now. It's actually very refreshing to me. And so I just want to encourage us to embrace it. But hopefully you got your Bibles. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I would, I'm going to be in a bunch of places in the Bible, the book of Jonah and the book of Philippians. I've been encouraging us to read the book of Philippians together as a church. Um, the, just want to remind you that Philippians is written by Paul to the church in in Philippi, but Paul is writing it while he's in jail. Um, So the context is jail, the theme is joy, and so the, the mathematical equation that comes out of that is our joy does not rest on our circumstances, okay? Our joy comes from a person, named Jesus, not from a, a circumstance that uh, pops his ugly head into our lives. Uh, during the coronavirus, you can be more full, full of joy than you've ever been, right? Amen? Come on now. Okay, so, um, hey, so I, I, I want to I make a suggestion um, that if, if your life and your family is anything like mine, um, that probably on the, uh, this, I don't know what day of quarantine it's been, but it feels like at least the 1600th day, all right? Um, and probably, I want, I want to make it, I want to be, I want to be prophetic here. Uh, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that some of you are getting tired of being with the people that you love the most. Now, I, I know how bad that sounds, but I know, I, I'm just saying that. I think some of us are, are getting tired. I think some of us are finding out that, um, that our, our, our families and our situations and being at home actually uh, annoys us a little bit. I think that some of us are finding out that we used to use work as an escape. We used to use the YMCA as an escape. We used to use our old routine as an escape. And what God is doing right now is he's not letting us escape, okay? He, he, is, he is forcing us to deal with what is inside our hearts, and so that's why this season is a season that is literally posturing us for revival. We're, we're, this, is, this is a refiner's fire season where we can't escape anymore and then come back after being kind of refreshed. We have to deal from the inside out with what is actually in us and what is coming out, okay? And so this is one of those seasons uh, where, uh, where God is uh, getting us out of running uh, uh, not letting us use avoidance maneuvers and hurry and stress and schedules to help us dodge what's in us, okay? And so, guys, so embrace this. Be with your families. Press into the, the, the crazy places in you that you 
hate to admit are there. I, I promise you on the other side of this, it's gonna, it's gonna be revival. I can fence it, then I can sense it, um, that God, <laughs> God is doing this. It is not going to be comfortable, but the Christian life was never supposed to. Um, the, the churches have turned into places that we have to cater to people's comfort <laughs> if we wanna reach them, and now God is saying enough, enough is enough. Okay, and he's getting rid of our comfort and he's bringing us into revival and these are going to be the church's greatest moments. Okay, this is what's going to happen. So I want to talk to you this morning uh, about a, a revivalist named Jonah who uh, God was calling him to do something very uncomfortable to stir up the nasty stuff that was in his heart and, uh, and to, to expose that before he was going to use him to, uh, to uh, catalyze massive revival in a city. And so this man named Jonah, if, if you have your Bibles there, you know this story. This is one of the most famous stories in the Bible. Uh, God comes to Jonah one day and he says, uh, he says, uh, arise, this is chapter one, verse two, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come before me. Um, but Jonah, look at verse three, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, okay? So here's what God's doing. He's saying, hey, Jonah, I want to use you as a revivalist. I want to bring revival. I want you to call out against a city, not because I hate the city, but because I love the city, and I want to do a work in the city. But Jonah says, I don't like the city. I don't like the Ninevites. I don't want to do what you're calling me to do. And so Jonah decides to run away from God's call in his life. He's not run away from the city first and foremost. He's running away from the call of God on his life. And so he decides to go in the opposite direction. Sometimes when God is calling you, he's going he's to call you with something that is so uncomfortable. And the discomfort of it is not the enemy. The, discom the discomfort of it is God. Do you hear this? The, discom the discomfort of it is actually God. And so in Jonah's case, he ran. He jumped on a boat that is positioned in the opposite direction of God's calling on, on his life. And when he gets into the boat, he goes to sleep. Okay, listen, sleep is good. And I hope during this quarantine, you and I are getting way more of it because I think we're sleep deprived and we need it very badly. But sometimes sleep is an avoidance maneuver. Sometimes we're like, hey, I don't want to deal with this situation. We, we pop some pills, we, we hit the hay, and we just go to sleep. And it's a checking out kind of thing. And that's when it becomes uh, unhealthy. Uh, when sleep is an avoidance thing, it's, it's really not good. Listen, however you avoid God's call in your life, God's direction in your life, God's destiny in your life. Maybe some of you have felt God calling you to something great and um, unthinkable for years, and you've been avoiding it until now. You've been running in the opposite direction. Uh, maybe a, a little bit of something uh, comes into your life, and, and, and you're like, I've got to get out of here. Well, these are days where God's calling us to be revivalists, not runners, okay? And uh, he, he, uh, he will come after us, and here's how he comes after us sometimes, is he comes after us with storms, and so Jonah is actually on, on the boat that Jonah jumped on to run from God is actually, that is actually the place, the context where God actually comes after him. And so he, so God uses this storm, but the storm is not God's hatred of, of Jonah. Uh, the storm is not God's wrath on Jonah's life. The storm is actually the mercy and grace of God. God is saying, Jonah, I've got a call on your life. I'm not letting you run from it. The storm is actually the goodness of God coming after him. So 
A storm comes when Jonah gets on the boat, and Jonah basically tells the people on the boat, this is God coming after me. The best thing you could do is throw me overboard. And the people are like, okay. They throw Jonah overboard. As soon as he hits the water, the storm stops, and Jonah actually gets swallowed up by a fish. If you look at Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, it says uh, uh, that, you know, well, it's, it's actually, that's where Jonah begins to pray from the fish. I forget exactly where it says that the, the fish swallowed him, but a massive fish, uh, and I, I believe this guys. Um, I, I don't believe this is an allegory. I believe this happened, okay, and we can disagree, and that's totally fine, uh, but I actually believe God appointed a fish to swallow up a man. The fish is so big that he could, and I believe that the way Jonah survived in the belly of this fish is God, okay, <laughs> and so I, he's breathing down there. He's surviving down there, and it's from this fish. Um, have you ever been swallowed by a fish, and then the fish swims to the lowest part of the sea? Uh, I, you have, Philip has. Carrie, have you? You have once. Chris, have you? Listen, looks. have you, uh, Victor? Uh, every other week. So it looks like all of us, this has happened to us before. So we know firsthand that this is a dark place. Uh, being in a fish um, at the heart of the sea is a dark place. And I think some of us right now, we're finding our, ourselves at, like Psalm uh, 73 says, in a valley of deep, deep darkness, in the valley of, of death, uh, Psalm 23, 4 says. And when we find ourselves in uh, our deepest, darkest place in your lives, in Jonah's situation, it was uh, in, in, the, in, in a fish's belly, uh, but we, we begin to feel far from God. Uh, we begin to feel like we're stuck um, not necessarily even with God, stuck with ourselves, stuck with our fears, stuck w- with our worries. Uh, we feel like uh, we're stuck in a season. Uh, we're, we feel like maybe God has passed over us. Um, there's so many testimonies going on in this season, and there, there was leading up to this season, but sometimes we feel like when we're in our dark place, we feel like, like passed over, like God gave them a testimony, but he doesn't give me a testimony. We start posturing ourselves like we're victims instead of sons. And daughters, uh, maybe if you're in a, maybe your pit is your, is your pain and you're surrounded by pain. You don't know how to escape it. Nothing works. Maybe uh, your pit in this season is your finances. Maybe it's relationships. Uh, maybe it's some type of lost, uh, loss. Maybe it's, it's just a place of low, lone, uh, lowliness. Can I be super honest with you? I know pastors aren't supposed to talk like this, uh, but I've been battling with depression this week. I've been feeling like I'm on the edge of it and I could fall off easy and I've been having to say, Jesus, help me here, okay? So maybe your darkness is your depression, it's your emotions, and you just can't paint smiles on for your family or for yourself right now. Guys, like pits, valleys of deep darkness, uh, dark places in your life, they, they are multidimensional and, come, and can come at you. My question this morning is, when you find yourselves in a place like that where you've literally been running from God, maybe you're running from God uh, intentionally, maybe you're running from God, you just you wake up and you find yourself far from him, um, how do you recover from a place like that? That's what I want to talk about for the next few moments. And when we look at how Jonah recovers from such a fall, when we look at how Jonah recovers uh, from a place of, of such darkness, um, here's what we find. It is, it is Jonah's prayer. 
in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, let's, it, let, let's look at his cry first, starting with, with uh, verse 3, chapter 2. It says, you, ca- you cast me into the, into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. This is why I, I, this is not allegory. This is he's in the fish's belly. He's got seaweed around his face. Okay, this is this is what <laughs> this is his experience. It, at it, the the uh, weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. He's down in the deepest parts, even physically. Um, and I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. So. Jonah is talking about a situation, and he's crying out to God in this situation, okay? This is, when we read the book of Philippians, like what I talked on last week, uh, Philippians calls us to, uh, to, uh, to pray in every situation, okay? That is what Jonah is doing here, and here's what breaks him free from his pit. This is, this is, what, this is what postures Jonah for the miracle. This is the miracle before the miracle. This is the, you know, th- this is the beginnings of the miracle right here. It is verse nine. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. Guys, when God heard that, when, he, when Jonah says, I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you, look at verse 10, it says, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. How did Jonah get out of, of his darkness? Well, it's a weapon called thankfulness. It's a miracle called thanksgiving. It's gratitude. I heard a doctor talking about what gratitude does to the brain. And it's actually gratitude rewires our whole bodies to function properly. It's what the Bible has always said. It is miraculous. And here, Thanksgiving finds a voice in Jonah's life. Guys, I'm telling you right now in this season, if you're in darkness, you need to pray. You definitely need to do that. You need to have joy. You definitely need to do that. But I'm telling you, what's going to usher all that in is when you give a voice to thanksgiving. That is what's what's ushering in your miracle. I love this. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. you. Can I tell you this, that thanksgiving um, is, uh, is very similar to love, that that it is not just a feeling. You can feel thankful, but thanksgiving is not actually thanksgiving until it finds an expression through your mouth, okay? Um, thanksgiving is not thanksgiving when you just keep it inside. Um, it, is, it is like love in that way. You can feel love and you can feel thankful, but thanksgiving actually becomes the real biblical uh, sense of the word when it actually, when the feeling comes out of your mouth into words. It has to find a, a voice. You guys get that? Um, have you ever uh, heard, uh, or, uh, uh, maybe this is usually men, that talk about, I love my wife. She's nice. I never tell her that. She just knows it. Well, you should tell her. Uh, She needs to know it. If you love her, you need to say it. I did tell her once on our wedding day. Well, you've been married for 29 years. Well, she should know. All right, so that is not love. That's called massive selfishness. If you love someone, the expression of your love has to come out, and that is what proves you love. Thankfulness is very similar to that. When you're thankful, the words come out of your mouth. This is why in the Bible... 
God calls us into his presence with thanksgiving, all right? I think it's, it's uh, what, Psalm, Psalm 95, um, Psalm 95, to come into his presence with thanksgiving. That's not just feelings of thanksgiving, that's the, that's the expression of it. It's praise to God. God, thank you for being you in this moment. God, thank you for how you provide for me. It's the expression of thanksgiving. There are times in life where we're quiet and we keep our mouths shut, and there's times in, in life when we open our mouths. And thanksgiving is a time that God calls us to operate in the actually speaking of what we should be feeling. Uh, And so that is thanksgiving must find a voice. Um, There's a story in the Bible uh, in Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19. We're running short on time so I just wanted to tell you this. But it's a story where Jesus comes into a town. He's met by 10 lepers. He tells all the lepers to be healed. And when they leave, um, they realize they have been healed. One person turns around, runs back to Jesus, falls at his feet, praising God and saying thank you. Now Jesus says something crazy. He says, oh, he doesn't say, oh, don't mention it. He says, where are the other nine? Weren't they healed too? When God takes care of us and he gives us reason to be thankful, the proper response to his goodness is coming back to him, falling at his feet and saying, whoa, you are good. I didn't deserve that. I want to thank you. Chris, I learned that from you. Um, the, uh, I learned that from you. Um, guys, this is, let, let me tell you this. I've been reading Fox's book of Christian martyrs. <laughs> it's not a bedtime story unless you're like me. Uh, but I, here's, here's, I, was, I was reminded that in a, in a day where the church needed reformation, um, the, uh, of Martin Luther, on October 31st, uh, he takes his 95 thesis, he posts it to the, the, uh, the door in Wittenberg, Germany, and he actually gives expression to what he's feeling in his heart. Can I tell you this, that what shook the church in the Reformation over 500 years ago was not feelings of discontent for the church, but it was the expressions. It was saying, this is what's wrong with our situation. It's, it's when the church found its voice, it gained power, guys. And so, uh, so many of us, I think maybe if you feel like you've lost power at home, um, I would really encourage you to find a voice of thanksgiving and begin declaring the goodness of God and the reason we have to be thankful. Um, And uh, you will give power to God's work in your heart and in your life. Um, Can I also tell you this, though, that this is not going, thanksgiving is tough. It's a sacrifice. Jonah's even saying that here. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. Sacrifice is not going to be easy. But when life is rough and you can't see God in the place that you find yourself, um, we need to rely on, uh, on the, the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to speak thanksgiving. Um, I, I, would, I would encourage you, maybe uh, you write letters of thanksgiving to your kids. Maybe you write letters of thanksgiving to your spouses. Maybe you write a letter to God and you begin to write your 95 thesis for why God is good and why he is worthy uh, to be thanked in a day and you begin to give a voice to, uh, to all the reasons why we should be thankful. I hope that makes sense. I'm not hearing many amens. Okay, um, here's, here's, one, uh, here's one last thing that, um, 
and this, this is a good one, this is one of my favorite ones, that our circumstances respond to our thankfulness. It's not our thankfulness that responds to our circumstances, okay? I'm just going to say that again. Let me say it backwards in case you missed that. It's not, you don't get thankful based on your circumstances, okay? Um, you tell your circumstances how they're going to be received with your thankfulness, okay? Our circumstances respond to our thankfulness. When Jonah uh, originally gets invited to God's story of redemption, uh, he gets uh, depressed, he runs, he sleeps, he, he actually welcomes the storms into his life. But the miracle comes when Jonah makes a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So Jonah's saying, hey, hold on a second. I've been running from God's call in my life, but what I actually need to do is I need to speak thanksgiving to God with my life. And that thanksgiving is actually what welcomes the miracle. And that thanksgiving is actually what, uh, what turns Jonah into a revivalist that is used. Um, your circumstances don't actually have the power to make you feel certain ways. Um, they, they seem like it. But what actually happens is that thanking starts to impact your thinking and your thinking, your renewed mind in Christ actually begins to change your atmosphere around you. Look, I, I, you, we've been reading this in Philippians. Look at Philippians with me just for a moment. Philippians chapter four. This is what I spoke on uh, last week actually, but this, is, this part really, really got me last week. Listen to this. Philippians chapter four, uh, starting with... with uh, Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Guys, so there's the thanksgiving. Here's what happens as a result of that. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds <laughs> in Christ. Okay, so what is happening here is, is prayers of thanksgiving are actually guarding our hearts, but not just our hearts, our minds, our thoughts. This is why it's no surprise that Paul actually says in verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, listen, think about these things. Think about these things. So guys, thinking impacts your thinking. Okay, when we begin to posture our hearts, when we begin to give thankfulness a voice in our lives, uh, one of the beautiful things is our hearts get guarded, but our minds get guarded. And uh, I think that many of us have been in bondage to the idea that thankfulness is a response to our circumstances. Well, I'll thank God when he does it the way I've, I've prayed. I'll thank God when he does it, uh, it, when he does it the way I want. I'll thank God when my medical report looks the, the way I, I had hoped. Uh, uh, but, but what actually begins to, to happen is when we think like that and when we refuse to give thankfulness a voice, 
until God does it our way, the, the uh, negativity actually begins to shut down our bodies and our hearts are exposed, not guarded, and our minds are exposed, not guarded, and the enemy can get in. So guys, one of the best things that you can do in this season is begin to lay all your thoughts at the cross and begin to say, God, I'm gonna posture myself where I'm coming after you with thankfulness. Listen, no matter how long this lasts, we've got at least one 100 billion reasons why we should lead with thankfulness over fear, over frustration, over doubt, uh, instead of through our pain. We've got Jesus who has given us himself. He's died on the cross for our sins. He's welcomed us into his family, not just as paid servants, but as sons and daughters. We were in the kingdom of darkness. Now we belong at his table in his kingdom as sons and daughters in the kingdom of light. Hey guys, start there. Start there and let God completely change uh, your, your heart posture and your situation. Here's the last thing that I'm going to say. Um, begin to print, pin words of thanksgiving on your heart today. This will guard your heart and mind, but begin to pin words of thanksgiving on other people's hearts and lives today. This is called encouragement. Um, what we need today is generals who don't tell us that we're going to, uh, you know, that, that we're, we're all going to fail, but we need uh, generals that lead with uh, a thankful heart that turns into encouragement to troops. We need encouragement in these days, and we need to toss it out uh, in all kinds of ways. I love what part Pastor Marcel is doing. He's making uh, face masks for people that, that need them in the medical field, uh, and, uh, and that's wonderful. He knows how to sew. I don't know how to do that. What I do know how to do, though, is light somebody up with words of encouragement, and so that is what I can do in these days. I can't make a face mask, but I can contact people that are laying down their lives in the medical field. I can contact people uh, that, uh, who I buy groceries for that are now behind a shield. I can say thank you for the sacrifice that you're making and for what you're doing, and we can begin to change the environment with our thankfulness, with our encouragement. Um, tell your family, listen, you may have yelled at your family, but do you know what is more powerful than your frustration? It's your thankfulness. It's your encouragement, speaking that into them and over them and all around them. This is what lights up the darkness. This is the kingdom descending on this world. And this is the foundation that God's building right now. So when we gather again, you know what we're going to be when we all get in the same room and we don't have to social distance and Victor can kiss me during the greeting and we can do all of this stuff, you know? Do you know what we're going to be? We're going to be thankful, 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 thankful. And so, hey guys, I want to pray this into your hearts. Can you just uh, open uh, maybe your, uh, your hearts to God right now, maybe just in receiving posture, put your hands out. That's what I'm doing right now. Heavenly Father, we pray by the power of your spirit that you would begin like, a, like heavenly oil, like heaven's honey, like, like, a, uh, like a Holy Spirit fire, that you begin to blow a heart of thanksgiving into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives, into our homes, into your church, into this world, God, that what the world would hear from the church is not people complaining about decisions of those in authority over us, but they would begin to hear from the church that we are thankful in the midst of the valley, that we are thankful though 
though we're at the, in, the, in the belly of the great deeps, that we are thankful people no matter what situation we find ourselves in. So God, burn that into your church in these days and bless your people. Uh, Lord, speed the end of this virus. Contaminate this virus, I pray. Let it be done and gone, I pray, and speed the time that we get to come together again in the same room. We're more thankful for that than ever before, God. And so we, we pray that you would, you would usher that uh, new season in uh, rapidly. And uh, we thank you that you have not left us, that you're still for us, that you're still on your throne, and you're still in control. And we receive all that you have for us in this season. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, guys. Hey, God's got some good things for you, I tell you what. And so um, as you're thankful, um, he is going to usher them into your lives. He likes you. He wants you. He loves you. Um, Posture your heart like that today. Amen. Blessings, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.